I'm not the uh, the creator of this great vision, and 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 many have spoken about it. But for me, it's uh, it's it it focuses on, or my focus is on giving. Uh, as they say, uh, you know, if you can look back in your life and 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 respond to or reflect on the number of people that you've helped uh, mm-hmm. and contributed to, not what you've received, not what you've taken from this world, but mm. but what you've given. And if that ledger is more positive on the give rather than on the take, then, then that's a good thing. And I think that that's what tends to drive me um, and where my focus is, is how can I and what projects can I do to, to, to push that positive side of the ledger, give more, contribute more, impact others more uh, and and i'll be very proud if if i'm able to achieve that in my life the stats suggest it's more than half of the working population suffer from some form of mental illness throughout their career so in this podcast i'm catching up with a really wonderful human greg muller and one of the things that he's tackling is mental health awareness within medium to large size businesses and that's the equivalent of scaling a mountain with skis on going up the snow because it's it's going to be really hard and he started this just at the start of the pandemic and he's really trying to help leaders understand the importance of having empathy as leaders to help then their employees feel as though it's okay for them to talk about the struggles with mental health and what people need to do to just be happy, productive, efficient and content in the work that they do. Hey Greg, it's awesome to have you here with me in my little home studio here. Uh, wonderful to see you again. Let's uh, let's start with a little bit of background. Give us a little bit of an insight so the audience can understand who you are, maybe even where you're from. Well, quick backstory: grew up in Adelaide, uh, yeah. was actually born in Perth, uh, but moved over to Melbourne in '99, and uh, and I got into tech uh, in the mid '90s, uh, so early start start of the uh, of the internet. Yeah. Uh, boom and uh, working with uh, a local council on developing their first website it looked like a uh, an interactive multimedia type presentation at that time. But fast forwarding, I started my own consulting group in uh, in the early two thousands uh, in online strategy and and digital execution and um, ended up merging that with a with a, another national group. We created the largest independently owned digital agency in the country and uh, and then wow. went on to. Uh, data and intelligence um, solutions for enterprises, um, again, in and around customer experience and sales journeys, uh, and started a technology company that I ended up listing on the ASX in 2016, so in the HR tech space, which was really cool. Uh, Great experience, wonderful learning. And and these days, uh, uh, doing a portfolio of uh, of different projects, um, mainly focused on uh, helping really innovative founders or or uh, groups that have some great ideas uh, but need a bit of guidance to accelerate what it is that uh, they're trying to do in market and that might be around strategy growth advisory uh, capital raising uh, and associated uh, uh, commercializations so on LinkedIn recently I saw uh, one of the posts that you shared was prefabricated homes being delivered to people to help uh, combat homelessness. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? 
Social and affordable housing issue is is well represented here in Australia, but I'm sure it's a global uh, global phenomenon as well. It's it, we, we've got an increasing population. Uh, the 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 rents and prices of property are going through the roof. Uh, the reality is, is we get we're becoming older as a population too. So. Yep. Uh, so we've got to live somewhere and uh, for an, an environment uh, like we have here in Australia where the, the, there's a net inflow of, um, of, of, of residents, um, it's push, pushing property prices up, it's making affordability really challenging and, uh, and uh, the reality is, is we've, got to, we've got to find solutions to it. I'm working as Executive Chair of Nested Homes which provides pre-designed, uh, prefabricated, compact homes uh, and all our profits go back to Kids Undercover uh, which wow. is a charity focused on the prevention of youth homelessness and yeah. uh, I'm very proud to be working with nested i have to tell you i absolutely love chatting to people that inspire other people in the community and doing jobs or advising companies that are giving back to society it must be really rewarding oh undoubtedly which is why i'm doing what i'm doing these days and focusing yeah. on esg and social impact type type matters uh, uh, we've only got one life and and i've had some amazing experiences and i've been very fortunate uh, and i think we've got an opportunity to to start working with community uh, across a, a range of different sectors and and bring about change and transformation and make lives easier because the reality is life is is freaking hard. It is freaking hard, and uh, and uh, and unfortunately, uh, many in our societies don't have the wherewithal or capacity uh, or the access to be able to, to, to drive the change or or, or bring about a, a life that 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 they can live and they can live in in such a way where they can have a long life and a happy life. Uh, so if we can do our little bit for that, that's great. But I had a client the other day. Uh, she was a recipient of a kids undercover studio uh, back. Uh, a number of years ago, it transformed their family to such a to such a level where she has now become a customer of nested homes. She said, "This is my opportunity to give back to kids oh, undercover, so that the, then that money can then be used for another uh, another kid at uh, risk of homelessness." So uh, we're seeing this cycling now around. Uh, so the uh, uh, the responsiveness from the community has been fantastic and we've got a long way to go at Nested. Well, I've not seen the movie Pay It Forward, but I'm pretty sure that's what it's all about, which is, and it's wonderful to hear that the that Nested has been able to help someone and in return, they were able to give back. I, I have this, I've been reading about this recently and I've been thinking about it a little more and I don't know if it's because of the prevalence of social media and our exposure to world events that makes us I don't know, I feel like the world's a little more dramatic than it really is. Do you think we've got it harder than we ever have had it? Or is it just our perception that it's the reality? I think it's um, it's uh, it's your own reality and your perception of what that means to you. And, and I think that we've got access to a range of different uh, uh, bits of information and, and obviously speed of life, uh, speed of, um, of business, uh, speed of communication is uh, is forcing and requiring us to process so much information. Uh, mm. We've got limited time, um, so maybe it is um, it's a sense or it's a perception of of things are being busier or things are harder or things are more complicated. But um, for mine, the reality is is that uh, uh, our forefathers and and foremothers, or if that's if that's your, if that's actually such a word. Mm. Um, uh, have had it tough, you know. There's yep. no doubt about it, and it's and it's uh, it's 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 ultimately the way I see it. It's our uh, it's our own reality, and uh, and if we can actually better process and understand what's going on in our lives, and and be able to appropriately context that, uh, then we can get through anything, uh, whether they be world wars or uh, 
or, or challenges with interest rate rises or, um, or uh, even just the family issues of kids having to get to school and having to get to work and, you know, it's tough. Uh, but but li- our lives have changed and, uh, and we as human beings have to adapt and, we, and uh, some of us are really struggling in how we adapt. Yeah, and I think I'm, I'm just like one of those people that'll say to the kids, you know, you've never had it so good. Look at you with your iPad and your technology and all these sort of things, but it's not really their fault growing up in a world in which it is it, it's all about living in the moment maybe learning from our past and moving forward and i mean i guess i think like i look at someone like you and i think and even myself in a position where if i can give back i should give back and that would make our community a much more thriving and happier community to be in well if we look at what's our purpose here in life it's it's a question that i've asked myself constantly and in particular after i uh uh, after I stepped out of a, uh, a public company or the public company CEO and, man- and managing director role, I, I really stepped back and just yeah. said, well, what am I here to do? What's, yeah. what's my life all about? And, and, and who do I want to work with? Who do I want to contribute to? And, and ultimately, where I've resolved, and there's been plenty written about this as well, and uh, so I'm not, I'm not, the, I'm not the, uh, the creator of this great vision, and, 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 and many have spoken about it. But for me, it's... Uh, it's it it focuses on or my focus is on giving, uh, as they say. Uh, you know, if you can look back in your life and 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 respond to or reflect on the number of people that you've helped uh, mm-hmm. and contributed to, not what you've received, not what you've taken from this world, but mm. but what you've given, and if that ledger is more positive on the give rather than on the take, then that's a good thing. And I think that that's what tends to drive me um, and where my focus is, is how can I and what projects can I do to, to, to push that positive side of the ledger, give more, contribute more, impact others more. Uh, and, and I'll be very proud if, if I'm able to achieve that in my life. Greg, that's such a powerful thing to say. Imagine if more people in this world gave back more than they took this world would be in a much better place than it is right now. And I just think it's inspiring to hear about the different projects that you're working on that you're contributing back to society. Let's talk about the United Project and what you're doing with them. The United Project Foundation uh, was started by myself and Mateen Romani in just prior to COVID in 2020, uh, or at least COVID kicking off here in Australia in 2020. We, we saw that workplaces uh, and people staff, workers, were going to be displaced as a result of what was becoming a fairly significant um, social issue and health issue for our, for our, for our uh, global community. Then uh, the disconnectedness that people were going to have with their workplaces uh, and the challenges that was going to have on health, on their family uh, and their connectedness to, to, to other members uh, of their team. Uh, so we started the United Project, obviously focusing on that word united, uh, and, and how do we create a sense of connectedness and unitedness um, across workplaces and across industry and, and obviously within the workplace. So the United Project Foundation uh, uh, is focused on uh, early detection at work of mental health uh, issues. So uh, workplaces are typically an environment which breeds uh, 
tiredness and anxiety in our lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, we get burnt out. Uh, mm-hmm. We get treated poorly. Uh, we will often bring uh, uh, issues from home into our workplace, and that Tick. has in- issues on our relationships. So, so when what we can what we can do is uh, is influence and inform um, and in, and assist workplaces in being ha- being able to handle these issues. So the statistics are pretty damning, Greg. They're 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 not a good read. I read recently, I think it was a survey just from uh, last year of Australians and they said three out of five people in Australia, working Australians are suffering from some form of mental illness or mental stress in a workplace. And uh, that that number is just way too big. And I worry that it could even be bigger than what people are letting on because naturally when it comes to mental health and this is probably one of the biggest issues in most organizations is people don't want to put their hand up for privacy reasons to say that they're struggling. There's, there's naturally stigma associated with that. How are we going to overcome this? Well, I think I think there's a number of ways and, and quite frankly, I'm super duper proud of the work we've been doing at the United Project just by raising awareness. So it's got to start from there, right? Because when Mateen and I started the United Project back in 2020, and Mateen suffers from treatment resistant chronic major depression. So and workplaces in the past for him have had a have a really big impact. So the insight that he's able to give as someone with lived experience is quite extraordinary. Uh, and I'm very proud to be able to call him my partner in the foundation and work alongside him and learn from him. Uh, but learning and the point of learning and awareness and learning is is the first step. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, over the last couple of years, workplaces have um, have have had to stand up. They've there's been dislocation of staff uh, working from home. Uh, how do they ensure that they provide a a healthy and safe and productive workplace? Uh, they've had to think about new things. Uh, uh, with the work we've been doing at the United Project, and of course um, other amazing organisations and uh, and thought leaders have raised awareness of this issue, and we're talking about it a lot more. It's got to start from that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, from from there, it goes into uh, uh, into an acceptance that this is actually an issue. Uh, Seventeen billion dollars uh, of costs in lost productivity in Australia as a result of mental ill health. So, uh, it's something along the lines of twelve to fifteen days. Uh, per year, per employee is lost um, due to uh, uh, mental health leave or stress, associated stress. And that's not just Mondays, right? That's, that's... just not Mondays. And, I, and I'm a big Monday-itis <laughs> person, but it's not just Mondays, no. This is, uh, this, and, and globally, I think it's about $200 billion um, yeah. uh, and probably counting of, of, of costs. So I think it starts from that awareness and acknowledging that this is not a well-being issue entirely, um, whilst we are talking about lives. And, and, uh, but if we want to think about it from the context of commercial or business or, or whatever your business might be, there is a, there is a cost to, uh, to the organisation. And, and unfortunately... Uh, uh, and I love them, but our our finance people and our and our leaders are, are very much focused on the dollar. You know, yeah. how can by me investing one dollar, how can I get that to return more than one dollar? Thankfully, yeah. in in mental health, an investment of one dollar returns four dollars. So, and we see that in research, which which is a, which is a great outcome. Uh, but it, but it, that's still not there yet, Dave. Uh, the reality is is that leaders um, are still focused on factors or strategies that aren't entirely and holistically uh, about 
ensuring that your their people are the safest that they can be. Um, so we're talking about policy, we're talking about procedures, we're talking about behaviours, like how we can say something, but but do we do that? Do we act in that way? Do we follow through? What about our systems? What about our reward systems and structures? How do we design jobs? Uh, how do we make people feel? Uh, how, do, how do we acknowledge the issues that may be happening in our greater lives? And, and, and how do we provide support? Mm. And many leaders around the world, um, uh, doesn't matter what level of the organisation that you're in, cha- is challenged with that too. Um, so whilst there's, there's structural things and system-wide things that we need to focus on, there's also a skill development opportunity that we have so that people feel comfortable talking about it and with others as well. But discrimination for me, we've got to stamp that out. Um, and I think we're getting there, but we've got a number of years to go to a full acceptance of, of this as an issue. Yeah, this is so big. It's really hard to get your head around it. I know it's probably difficult for you to answer and to give the exact, like there's no pre-set recipe for how to do this right in every organization. It's going to be a little bit difficult and a little bit different in every company. And I think a lot of this has to do with, my God, I'm going to mention the C word again. I keep doing this in every one of these podcasts, but we've got to talk about the culture of the company. You've got to actually talk about the elephant in the room. What's limiting people from having conversations? Why are the leaders acting in a certain way? Why don't people feel safe? Why don't they feel trusted? Why can't we treat people like humans instead of treating them like robots? I think a lot of this comes back to culture and we've done a really bad job at defining the culture that we want and then rewarding for a culture that can make people happy and productive and want to come to work. But it's such a difficult thing to get right. So what are we going to do to solve it? Do we? I guess we start at the top, right, with the leadership, and then we've got to work our way down. It's cultural, and it starts from the top. Uh, at the United Project, we have a, an emerging program called the United Pledge, and uh, the United Pledge is all about uh, a executive and board level commitment to transformation of the organisation to zero discrimination and no harm, uh, and to build a culture that is focused on on um, on uh, achieving a mentally healthy workplace, a mentally fit workplace, and, uh, and, an, and an environment where people feel safe. Uh, so we're very proud of that program. That's coming through over, over, the, over the coming uh, months. Organisations will be able to engage with that. But where the key point on that is that this is a senior level issue. Mm-hmm. If, an, if, a, if a board uh, and an executive team is not bought into what it takes what it requires for full transformation of their organization and they're not necessarily willing to do everything that it takes to stamp this out then it's going to be a long journey Mm. Uh, so we need tough leadership we need brave and bold leadership Uh, we need to follow through at all levels of the organization we need to invest in it Uh, and uh, organizations that are demonstrating that type of cultural change and injection into their organization right across the board um, are reaping the success of that and we're we're seeing some of those in society today how how people just love going to going to their work uh, because of the way that they're treated and organizations uh, organizational leadership I should say are following through you've got to follow through uh, to build trust trust is a core dimension of this. 
Greg, are you seeing are you seeing results in companies that or success with the United Project in companies that already have a great culture and they're like, it's going really well, let's define it and let's figure out how to scale it? Or is it a case of we got major issues and we need your help? Primarily the latter. Uh, and I would say nine in 10 or 19 in 20 companies that I see uh, is the latter. Uh, there's a lot of rhetoric, there's a lot of talk, uh, but not a lot of meaningful action. You know, Friday, Friday casual day, um, uh, work from home whenever you like uh, type strategies are part of the picture, uh, but they are not the solution. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is a holistic systems-wide approach to how we're supporting our people. Uh, and that requires the right designation at the executive table. It needs the right investment. It needs, as I said, follow through. It needs to understand how each of our policies uh, and our ways of working are likely to impact on the emotional well-being and mental health of our people. Uh, but the reality is, Dave, the majority of workplaces, as I said, you know, 90 to 95% of workplaces have a long way to go. I think in many of the organizations that I've worked in or the teams that I've worked in, when it really works, if I try and define it, it's when we can have open communication where we can address some of the challenges and we can talk about some of the hard things. And, and I think being able to have this open communication, a lot of that comes back to the ability to trust each other with the information that you're sharing and to have a deeper sense of belonging to the group and a purpose and and, and that's such a difficult thing to define and it's also a difficult thing to bring in, but just communication and trust is almost the most essential ingredient in any organization, right? This is quite quite um, separate to the issue of mental health within the workplace. Yeah. We've got to get better at how we communicate. We've got to get better at how we understand our, our staff um, and support them in being the best version of themselves within the workplace. Because the reality is, as a leader, um, you're there as, uh, yeah, you're, set, you're setting strategy and you, you're driving the direction of the organisation, but you're there to coach your team. Mm -hmm. uh, and, if, and, and what underpins that is trust. And if your team can trust you and believe that, they're, uh, that, that you have their back, uh, then they'll be standing alongside you uh, to uh, to deliver against the outcomes. I think the thing that's plainly obvious so far as part of this, and I know your early days in this United project, and you mentioned it earlier, this is a long-term plan. Tackling communication and trust and the well-being of people in a workplace is a really damn difficult task. And I guess just because it's difficult doesn't mean that it shouldn't be done. Our programs are long-term and industry transformational. So the, some of them are still in design, uh, but the quite, we've got over sixty active volunteers within the pro, within the project. And uh, and and a shout out to everyone within the project for everything that they're doing. Uh, but the United Project has has a big uh, opportunity ahead of it. Uh, we're looking to bring industry together uh, and work. Uh, we've got no interest in duplicating what's out there. We're, it's all about it's all about uh, collaboration to yeah. accelerate uh, change and transformation. So, uh, yeah, I'm very proud of our volunteers. I'm very proud of our board and what we're doing at the United Project. So, watch this space. Yeah, Greg. Honestly, it's really inspiring to listen to you, and congratulations to everyone at the United Project for all the work that you're doing. Anytime you're raising awareness around people's mental health and safety in a workplace, it's a good thing to have these conversations, to set these guidelines, and 
I just wish more companies would adopt it and, and hopefully that's the case. And I think really COVID has humanized a lot of companies and made them realize that, yeah, people are really important and we've all been through this together and we all got a view into everyone else's houses. And so collectively, the single biggest differentiator of any company isn't the technology, it's actually the people and 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 teams coming together can do amazing things together when they're in synergy. Great quote that says, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And uh, and the reality is, is that, uh, and we know this, it's, it's, I'm not delivering anything new. If you want to have a successful business and a thriving business, uh, you need good people. And those people need to be organized in such a way uh, to, to, to generate outcome. The reality is, if we don't look after our people, ensure that they are happy and engaged, um, and this is all fairly basic stuff, uh, then we're going to be challenged strategically. Uh, we're not going to be on the ball competitively. And uh, we're not going to be productive. I think as a result of COVID, like our relationship with work has changed. Like a lot of us spent a lot of time at home reevaluating being in and around the family, whether that was a good thing or a bad thing. And and then naturally, a lot of us had the opportunity to work from home instead of going into the office, even people that would normally not be working from home like teachers. And so we just have a different relationship with work now. And I think uh, rather it used to be like you have your home life and you have your work life. They've blended together, like our work life and our home life and our social life has all sort of merged into this one world and and it's interesting how it's going to play out for all of us. We take whatever we do at work and whether we're working at home or whether we're working in the office, we take that back to our families as well and uh, the impact then uh, multiplies and and it's a bit of a domino effect. Uh, So we've got to be conscious of... um, and workplaces need to be conscious of the role that they play, uh, not just not just at the workplace or during work hours, but the impact that that plays uh, uh, more broadly in our relationships. Uh, and we're only just talking as we had a coffee earlier on. You know, the rising cases of uh, of divorce and and breakup yeah. uh, as a result of COVID. You know, this is this is um, uh, we're reevaluating our lives right now, uh, and organisations leaders uh, are are really challenged with how do you hold on to on to staff? How do you ensure that you can inspire them? And at the end of the day, we're just good human beings, right? We just look after each other um, and, uh, and are conscious of the impact that we're having on others. Um, and then I think we're gonna get there hopefully a little bit quicker than, than maybe what we have been. Yeah, I think that's my favorite quote so far. I mean, there's been a few, but at the end of the day, we're just good human beings and we need to look after each other. It's just so well said and it's just so simple and I don't know why we just make it so difficult for ourselves sometimes. Hey, tell me, are you working more with like um, larger organizations that might have more of these issues or like technology companies? Like what are the profile of companies you're working with? We are uh, focused typically on that medium to large corporate so so uh, having conversations with organizations that have large um, workforces yeah. uh, they tend to be a little bit more evolved in terms of their thinking uh, yeah. but they're hyper complex because they're so broad and 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 deep uh, but they run across all different all different sectors um, uh, 
but uh, but they're also uh, the most challenging to work with because when you can work with a, a leader or an owner of a business, uh, they can push that through the organisation pretty quickly and 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 understand the role that they have to play. But in bigger organisations, it's super duper complex yep. uh, because there are many egos at play. Uh, there's a lot of politics um, uh, and there's very inherent incumbent um, issues that, ex- that that exist that need to be worked through. Uh, but again, you know, we've uh, we're up for the we're up for the challenge. All right, Greg. I know it's early days. Let's get the crystal ball out. If there's something that we could do, something that you could do at the United Project in the next couple of years, what would it be? Good question. So, a uh, couple of things. Uh, we. Uh, at the United Project, we require funding in order to actually execute our project. So anyone out there that wants to get behind some really advanced, smart technology uh, to enable the better detection and early detection of risks, mental health risks in in, in workplaces, uh, we're your organisation to get behind. Uh, so we want to deploy that technology and get 50 implementations of the United Cloud uh, out there in market. So we want to do that. Uh, we want to launch our pledge pro- project, which is all about, as I mentioned before, organisational transformation and change. Uh, but, uh, uh, but in summary, Dave, uh, I want people to come to us and say, the role that you played or the impact that you had on me and my family uh, has been profound. You know, I, I thought I had an issue but I didn't really recognize it. It was impacting, but I, I now recognize it and I've done something about it and I feel better. Or my relationship's stronger, whether it's with my wife or my partner or my kids or my parents. Uh, that's the stuff that, that really drives me. Uh, and, uh, and ultimately, uh, the more of those stories that we mm. can bring out of the community, uh, that's what I'd love to start seeing. Well, Greg, I wish you all the best for the future. You're doing a remarkable job out there in society. Um, But I didn't want to let you off too easily. Uh, We've worked together too long for you to get out of the hot seat this quickly. I'm going to throw some questions at you now. Uh, No right or wrong answers, but of course, no preparation at all. Is technology a good thing or a bad thing? I think it's fantastic. It's 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 we've got to regulate it, of course, and but te- technology is not going anywhere. It's pervasive in our lives. We've got to be smart in the way in which we use it. And I think that there are a lot of smart people thinking about a lot of the important topics around technology. But for me, uh, love it, uh, core part of our life, and will continue to be forevermore. So, Greg, I've had a lot of technology leaders on the podcast, a lot of um, AI thought leaders, including. I wouldn't say controversial, but uh, Max Tegmark, who's the author of Life 3.0 and the, the founder of the Future of Life Institute. It's actually one of the reasons why we started this podcast at the very start, because we started to wonder, what is AI going to do? Do you think it's going to be a good thing for humanity or a bad thing? And Max is sort of of the belief that we might actually, if AI is unregulated, it could potentially wipe humanity out in the next 10 to 20 years. I can't remember exactly which stat it was. I'd have to go back to the very first episode of our podcast. But it got me thinking, is AI a good thing or a bad thing? Like the last technology question. And maybe you can finish this sentence. AI will dot, dot, dot. Deliver, help help society deliver transformative change and, and, and benefit uh, for for billions of people. 
And as always, we get someone on that deeply cares about people. And the answer to that question naturally is about helping people. Funny how that works. If we can apply smart technology, intelligent technology to the world's problems, yep. and I think AI plays that role and has an opportunity to play that role, uh, it's truly transformative and beneficial. Uh, and, if, and if we keep that frame, keep yep. thinking in that frame, uh, then it can only be 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 good. Uh, obviously, we've got to make sure we put the right protections uh, around it and good policy around it. Uh, encourage innovation, of course, but... Uh, but focus it on. All right, now I got to ask you because you're a parent of slightly older children than mine. This question comes up a lot, and I don't have any answers for this one. Um, many parents are confused about the role they play or how they should parent in and around technology. Do we embrace all of these apps that they're using? Do we put limits on screens? Ban them from using TikTok? Don't use TikTok. Loot use TikTok and embrace it, but regulate it. What's your advice? I've got a, I've got a, uh, an interesting, or hopefully it's an interesting answer to this question. So I'm going to, I'm going to start a little bit sad, and that is uh, uh, one of my daughters has been subject to immense amount of bullying, uh, uh, which has been quite destructive uh, for her, uh, online bullying. So, uh, and that's been been uh, uh, as a result of um, various apps, whether whether it be. Um, Insta or Messenger or, or uh, uh, Snapchat or whatever that might be. So, uh, so there's certainly a dark side to it and a negative side. And uh, and schools are doing a good job, I think, or it's starting to do a, a better job at, at at educating and bringing greater levels of awareness um, uh, to our young people uh, around the impact that they can have. The reality, though, uh, as I sort of bring myself out of that, is that this is the way that they're communicating today. This is their way of learning. TikTok is one of the uh, one of those platforms where it's becoming a new form of micro education. You know, micro learning. Uh, uh, it's the way in which we're expressing ourselves. It's a form of communication, uh, and uh, we need to ensure as parents that we're we're um, we're having enough time off device as as they are on device, but. As, as older people, we need to acknowledge that this is a new form of communication. This is a new form of learning. Uh, and uh, so I believe it's an important part of their life. It does need to, to have a, a, a level of control and limit to it uh, because there's nothing like getting out on the water or going down the park and breathing in the air, air and getting the, the benefits of 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 of. Uh, our environment, uh, because that's important too. Um, but uh, but technology must be there. It's part of our future. Uh, it's an opportunity to learn and communicate and build relationships. But it's got to be um, it's got to be kept kept under control with good support and good um, and good awareness from parents uh, uh, around what their kids are doing. Uh, but be supportive of it uh, and uh, and not and not try and limit it too much um, so that they feel that they're not getting what they need from it or, or able to participate in the way in which they want to participate in it. Yeah, interesting. So yeah, don't just ban the use of it, but, but this is a new normal and, and proceed in a way in which you can monitor behavior, openly communicate and have a two-way dialogue. I mean, that's it's really not dissimilar from what you were talking about with people at work, right? Create guidelines, open communication and encourage people to talk. I mean, I guess that's what we need to do as parents as well, have a better relationship with our kids. 
Spot on. And 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 the reality is, I don't know where the the challenges that that my children had, uh, and thankfully they're older and 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 in a safer place. But uh, if only I'd communicated, because uh, they were on it anyway. Um, yeah. uh, I couldn't yet. I couldn't avoid them being on it, um, and it wasn't the right thing to do uh, because it, that in itself ostracised them. If 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 we took that away from from them from others, uh, but we've got to learn to communicate with our kids um, mm. and and ask what's going on, participate in that with them, uh, and help them understand um, the rights and the wrongs and, and what might be going on. And and with that, you build a better relationship with your kids yeah. uh, and uh, they build a better relationship with that technology. Greg, thanks for taking the time to come in, to sit with me and uh, record this podcast. It's been, I guess it's been a long time coming, but um, just like your project, I guess the, the, the fruit that will bear will be a long time coming for the United Project as well. And hopefully the more organizations can, can you know, review your pledge um, and can get involved in the project and have these open communications, the better um, for all of our workers. Um, so we'll put more information in the bottom of the podcast where people can reach out, um, check out the links and... Um, and uh, thanks. I just really wanted to say thank you for coming in and being part of the uh, the conversation. I've had a lot of fun. Had a had a ball, Dave. Yeah. Thank you very much for the opportunity. It's been great chatting and uh, and and having a bit of banter along the way. And uh, and all the very best with uh, with the success that you can generate from the podcast. Awesome. Thanks for being on. Got on you, buddy. <laughs>